Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, it's Jennifer here, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely show. In today's episode, I want to take the opportunity to explore something that came up in a decluttering workshop that I was teaching this morning. But before we dive in, I'll quickly say that that workshop was one of three in a series that I'm calling Prep School. And prep school is all about going back to basics with decluttering and really making sure that you have some strong foundations to work from. And so if you're interested in that, the live series will have been completed by the time this podcast goes to air, but you can go to simplyfiercely.com slash prep school. That's P-R-E-P school. And if you sign up there, you will get instant access to all the live recordings. Each workshop is only about 30 minutes long, so it's pretty manageable. Just hop over there again, simplyfiercely.com slash prep school if you want to check it out. Okay, so back to today's episode. One thing that came up during this workshop was if I had a magic wand and I could wave it and make all of your clutter instantly disappear, I wouldn't do it. Okay, and that's what I want to talk about. I want to explain why I wouldn't do it, and it's not because I'm being mean, (laughs) and it's not because I want you to suffer with your clutter for any longer than necessary, but there are two really fundamental reasons why I wouldn't wish your clutter away. Okay, so let's dive in. Number one, First and foremost, if your clutter disappeared overnight, I can almost guarantee you that it's going to come back. And it might not happen, you know, next week or next month, or it might even take a few years. But if you don't take the time to figure out what are the habits, what are the thoughts, what are the beliefs, what are the triggers, what are all the things that created your clutter in the first place? If you don't figure that out and address it, well, then what's to say that you're not going to just repeat the entire process? All that clutter is going to come back again. And I say that with confidence because I've actually experienced this firsthand. So as some of you may know, I originally grew up in the States. I am originally from Maryland, but I moved to Australia when I was in my early 20s. So that's almost 20 years ago now. <laughs> and um, and even though I was in my early 20s, I already had a lot of clutter. I was already struggling with shopping addiction. But when I moved to Australia, I did so with just a few suitcases and I did ship a pallet of stuff over. So it's about a cubic meter. So I didn't come over with nothing, but relatively speaking, it was a blank slate for me. I was coming over you know, quite minimalist, to be honest. But it only took me a year, probably less than a year, really, to fill up a three-bedroom apartment, a large three-bedroom apartment, to the point 
where it was overflowing with stuff. So, you know, I did. I had that magic fairy who erased everything, so to speak, but it didn't work for me because, you know, if you are a regular listener, you may have heard me talk about this before, but the real reason I had clutter was not because I was bad at dealing with stuff or because, you know, I had no self-control. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe I had a touch of self-control issues, but but if I'm being honest, the heart of the issue was that I really struggled with insecurity. I did not like my physical appearance. I was not happy with my career success. You know, I'm one of those people, well, I should say I was one of those people. I do feel like I've changed a lot over the years. But back then, I was one of those people who really compared myself to my peers. And it felt like everybody who I went to school with had graduated from university and had all these quote unquote successful careers while I was working in a sales job. And I just felt like I wasn't living up to my potential. I didn't like what I saw when I looked in the mirror. And the way that I dealt with all of these feelings was to buy more stuff, right? So that's why I had a home that was absolutely bursting at the seams. And if I got rid of all of that overnight, yes, I would have less stuff in my house, but I would still have that insecurity and I would still have no healthy way of managing it. So I would have just followed the same routines and habits. I would have continued to buy things to help me with my insecurity. And that's not even up for debate because that is exactly what happened. And the reasons why you have clutter may very well be different from mine. That's one thing about clutter is that it's very personal and our struggles with clutter are often a reflection of our lived experience. So everybody's different. But if you don't take the time to figure out your clutter story, right? What are the thoughts and the beliefs and habits that hold you back? It's almost guaranteed that your clutter is going to come back, okay? It reminds me of those stories you hear about people who have money problems and then they win the lottery and it's like, oh my gosh, everything is fixed, hooray. And then within a few years, they are bankrupt, right? And look, I'm not a psychologist. I'm sure there's many reasons for why that happens, but I'm sure a huge part of it is if you're having money problems, there might be some money mindset issues, right? Or you need to learn some new skills. You need to learn how to be financially responsible. And just throwing cash at the problem isn't going to fix it, okay? And it's the same kind of lesson with decluttering. I often say that clutter is a symptom. And if you don't get to the heart of the problem and figure out what it is and address it, the clutter is going to keep coming back, okay? So that is the first reason why I would not use my magic decluttering wand, which by the way, I don't have. <laughs> but the second reason I think is possibly more impactful. I think I recorded an episode about it actually, I don't have the number in front of me, but about how my minimalist wardrobe and decluttering my closet really helped me with self-acceptance and overcoming my insecurity. and. What I found is that the decluttering itself, the act of going through the decluttering process, is very healing. So let's break that down a little bit. When I was suffering from these deep insecurities, 
my stuff was like a mask almost, or maybe like a costume or a suit of armor, right? So I woke up and I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like, oh God, did I feel all these feelings that I didn't want to feel. But then instead of having to deal with it, instead of having to confront my insecurities, instead of having to, you know, make peace with myself and sort of start that self-love journey, instead I kept buffering and hiding. So if I don't like my face, that's fine. I'll pile a ton of makeup on. And if I don't like my body, I will wear, you know, designer clothes or, you know, the latest trends or the latest outfits or the highest heels, right? Anything to distract myself from my discomfort. Okay. But when I was decluttering, you know, several things happened. First, I had to ask myself, why was it so hard to let go? So things like shoes, right? As I said, I had a lot of insecurity. High heels were like my secret weapon. I always felt more confident when I wore heels and I had a collection of over a hundred pairs of shoes. And so when I was going through them, I really had to ask myself, why does it feel so emotional? Like you've all probably heard the saying, it's just stuff, right? And I don't, I don't subscribe to that belief. I believe that your stuff is more than stuff. Your stuff tells a story. And that's what I was trying to do. I had to spend some time figuring out what my stories were. Because even though it's easy for me to tell you now, oh yes, I was dealing with this crippling insecurity, it somehow wasn't obvious to me back then. And it was only through decluttering. And, you know, as I got rid of things, it was like taking off that suit of armor. You know, I was saying earlier that it felt like I was wearing a mask. I had my clothes and my shoes to protect me. But as I put them down, I had to practice looking in the mirror without those things, right? And it was this work that I was doing. The, the work of decluttering in many ways is the work of healing. There's growth. There's so much that comes out of the process and it's like that saying that it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And I really experience that myself when I look at my life right now. And, you know, first, let me say I'm not perfect. I'm so far from perfect. It's not even funny. But I can see when I reflect back and I look at what my life was like, you know, 15 years ago, that I have come so far. I am 42. I have gray hair. I've had two kids. You know, I definitely don't look like I did in my 20s, but I have never felt more confident. I feel at ease in my home. I have ended my shopping addiction. I have developed healthier coping habits for stress and anxiety. And all of these changes happened because I took my time with decluttering. And also, just to point out, I never bullied myself when I was decluttering. This is something that I'm very passionate about. I hear a lot of people talking about discipline and willpower and just kind of trying to force themselves to let go. But that does not work for me. And I also think that it's not beneficial. It's kind of like a mini version of the magic wand. If you force yourself to let go of something without taking time to learn the lessons and working through, well, why is this hard for me? Then again, you're still not getting that full range of benefits. And so I'm really telling you this for a few reasons. First of all, 
I'm hoping it may reassure you if you are taking a long time to declutter. And I'm not saying that everybody has to take years the way that I did, but I do think that there's a lot of value in slow decluttering. You're giving yourself the opportunity to feel all the feelings and learn from them. Okay, so slow decluttering is not bad. I would even argue that I'm probably in favor of slow decluttering over fast decluttering. Slow tends to be more intentional and there's more time for reflection, okay, so that you don't repeat the same habits. And two, to maybe inspire you and to let you know that, yes, there are benefits of decluttering. You know, there's the physical benefits. You have less stuff, less things to clean, less to trip over, right? And of course, it feels really lovely to spend time in a home that is decluttered. For me, I really found that decluttering transformed my living space from a place that was quite stressful and that caused me anxiety to a place that felt really warm and almost like a haven. It's like an oasis. It's somewhere I go where I want to rest and recharge as opposed to somewhere where I go and I feel all stressed out. Okay. And so obviously those kind of physical benefits are wonderful. But when you take your time to declutter slowly, it unlocks a whole nother level of benefits, right? You get the physical ones, but there's also emotional ones as well. You Sometimes you find yourself overcoming demons that have haunted you for a long time. You may find that there's increased feelings of self-worth. You can get closure on old wounds. There's so many emotional benefits of decluttering. And if you want to experience that, the final point I want to make is that how you declutter, the methodology matters. Okay, so like I was saying before, you don't want to be bullying yourself, but I think it's a little bit more than that. The way that I teach decluttering, I try not to rely too heavily on like hacks. Like you've probably heard things like turn your hangers around, right, to see what you wear. Or you pack things up in a box and you put them in the back of your closet. And if you don't use it for three months or six months or whatever, you just get rid of it. And those tools have their place with decluttering. So I'm not knocking them or saying that you should never use them. But beyond that, I think that the real key to successful decluttering, and when I say successful, I mean getting rid of your stuff, maintaining a decluttered home in the long run, and also experiencing all of that personal growth and emotional change that I've already talked about, is to get to the roots of your clutter, right? Sometimes I think of clutter a little bit like weeds. You can, you know, just keep chopping it, but it's going to keep growing unless you really get down there and pull it out by the roots. And if that's something that speaks to you, if that's something that you would like to learn more about, then I would like to invite you to join me in Clear Your Clutter. Clear Your Clutter is my group decluttering program. You may have heard me talk about it before. And the good news is Clear Your Clutter is currently open for enrollment. Doors are open until the 29th of July, and then we kick off our first call on the 30th. There are eight live calls where I walk you through my entire method for decluttering And then we spend so much time understanding why you have clutter, really getting to the roots of it, and then talking about different ways 
to change your thoughts and beliefs so that you can feel empowered, excited about letting go. Not to say that it's always fun or that it's always easy. I don't want to make false promises, but it kind of feels good in that way that like a workout that challenges you feels good. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so it's that same kind of way with decluttering. That's what we deal with in Clear Your Clutter. It's all about getting to the roots and really make those foundational changes. Now, a few technical things. As I said, we run the program twice a year, or I should just say I run the program. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty much a one-person show. I have a few assistants, but I do most everything myself. So yes, you can rest assured that if you sign up for Clear Your Clutter, it's me that you're going to see on the calls. It's eight weeks of calls. There is also a pre-recorded course, which is kind of like a textbook that accompanies the live program. You have lifetime access to everything. And something else that I'm really proud of is that when you join Clear Your Clutter, you're also invited to attend all future live sessions. So I can't promise that I'll be doing this forever, but as long as the course is running, as long as I'm out there doing the calls, once you've joined the program, you're always welcome to come back. Okay, so if you would like to learn more, you can go to simplyfiercely.com slash clear your clutter. You can find out more about the program or you can sign up. As I said, you have got till the 29th of July and I would really love to have you there. Okay, so thanks everyone for listening. I hope that nobody holds it against me that I'm not using my decluttering wand and that you are all feeling a little bit more inspired to do the work of decluttering because I promise that at the end of the day, it will be worth it. Thanks, everyone. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time. Thanks again.